Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We're in a message series right now as Awaken Church uh, called Freedom. Who loves freedom? Come on. It's so good. So expensive, though. Freedom's not cheap, is it? Freedom's not easy, is it? It gets a little bit dirty. Got to roll up the sleeves, address some things, got to pay for some things. You know, recently I've just been inspired by all these incredible decorations in our neighborhood for Halloween. You may have seen them too, the 12-foot, you know, demon that glows in the middle of night and reflects into your bedroom window. You're like, are you here in my bedroom? <laughs> or what about the, the creepy dolls that move and they have the creepy music like they're trying to film a movie? It's like, bind you in Jesus' name. But it's been inspiring to me with this series because I realized just like there's monsters in their front yard, sometimes there's monsters in our hearts. And uh, the title of my message this morning is Being Set Free from the Monster in Me. And when you say that, you have to say me, not Pastor Jesse. Just Pastor Jesse has monsters. Here's a great scripture that I thought would just be a great reminder of us all. In John 8, 31, 32 says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Who's ready to be free this morning? Come on. Anyone think they got like some demons, unclean spirits, maybe monsters lurking around trying to steal, kill, and destroy? All right, all right. Well, I have a video for you today. If the production crew can cue the video, watch this. Oh, I'll show you ruin the court. I've got a freaking huge fish. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, no! No! Oh, no! It's Tyler! Everyone got really quiet in here, and they looked at their spouses. You know, it's a pretty old video when they start saying super thin razor. So funny, so funny. Well, I was thinking about monsters because that's actually how unclean spirits look, don't they? 
The Bible talks about unclean spirits and the demonic and strongholds that come and come into our heart. The Bible talks about, hey, above all else, guard your heart, which tells me that they like to live in our hearts. Not so much all around us, but in our hearts. That's like their cage. That's like their hiding space is in our hearts. So we have to be ready to pull them out. We have to be ready to address them. Here's a couple definitions of what a monster is. Maybe you can relate. It says a non-human creature so ugly or monstrous as it frightens people. Any creature grotesquely deviating from the normal shape, behavior, or character. An extremely cruel or evil person. There we go. Come on. <laughs> but I found that unclean spirits are unclean because they're not like the Holy Spirit. They come against the things that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us. You know, the fruits of the Spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, the, the kindness, the gentleness, the goodness, the self-control. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to bring you and I. But unclean spirits, you know what they want to do? They want to pull all that out. They want to establish a trigger in you and I. So when we hear something, we're like, oh, I just got triggered. I just got triggered. It's so funny how that becomes a thing now. It's like, are you feeling triggered? Like, we support you in you having a trigger. Well, I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit does not support you in having a trigger. He wants you to remove the trigger. But I'm for people having guns. I like guns. I'm a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. I like guns. I'm just saying in the spirit that we shouldn't have triggers. We should be able to walk into atmospheres regardless of people are freaking out rage monsters, sawing basketball courts, that we should be able to operate with authority, with peace, with clarity, with firmness. Amen? Cat used to say, oh, here comes Marine Corps Jesse." I used to think that was a good thing because I thought she was talking about my physique like I lost some pounds. You know, like I was getting my abs back or something. She goes, no, that's not what it means. It means you're a little too intense. You're a little too passionate. When she said intense, I said passion. She said, no, not passion. Not passion. Over the top. Maybe a little rage. Maybe when you play sports, you kind of like, you know, disregard that they're people. That's what unclean spirits do. They hurt people. You know, um, about four years ago, we were living in the other house that we had, and Evan's seven now, so that would have made him three, and Chloe would have been 10. We're in our house, and I think the kids may have been fighting, but Evan's in the restroom, and I'm not sure what he's doing in it, but I can hear the water. And the door's locked, so I'm asking him to come out. And he won't come out. And I'm thinking, I'm being ignored. And then the door's locked, and I'm like trying to get the door. Like, open the door, son. And I don't hear anything. Oh no, rage monster. I got really upset. All of a sudden, I'm like, 
open the door. Nothing. So I know how to fix this. I threw my shoulder into it. And it opened the door. But you know what I saw on the other side? Three-year-old Evan. Eyes wide open, full of tears. Daddy? Daddy? Terrified. Cat runs in to rescue him. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. I was just upset. Like he's not opening the door. He's running the water. Chloe runs in. Dad, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. In that moment, the rage monster came out. It was such a bigness because I could see on the other side, if I kept going, I could have hurt somebody. If I could have just let the rage monster have free will, what would it have done? It would have hurt somebody. Maybe I wouldn't have been married to Kat. Maybe my, my kids wouldn't love me anymore. No, you are the one that hurt me, Dad. I knew in that moment I had a problem. I had something in my heart that hurt so bad. I realized this isn't normal. It definitely doesn't line up with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. How can I come and model being a, a fruitful, helpful follower of Christ, but at the same time have this rage towards those that I love? I discovered that one of the attributes of a rage monster or a monster is it goes after those they love. You almost disregard strangers. You ever notice that? You can be the, the sweetest to strangers. Hey, let me open the door for you right here. Hey, let me, let me support them. Come on. I'm so encouraging. But those that I love, I hurt. Gosh, the signature of a monster. So I realized, okay, I got a problem. I got a problem. So I need to overcome this problem. I can't live with this problem unless I want to have an unfruitful life, unless I want to lose friends and not even dream anymore. I realize that I need to address this problem that I have. This is what it says in Luke. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stranger stronger than him comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. I pause that trusted because sometimes we can design this facade of what we think is normal. At the same time, the unhealthy things, just put that in the closet. I don't want to address that. I'm trusted with this facade, this scene that everyone can see, but not everybody else can see. It's so amazing. You know, what I realized I had to do was I needed to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive in my heart to figure out, okay, I know there's a problem. But what do I do about it? Do I just ignore the problem? Well, that's not going to help. I've done that before. I actually need to address the problem. 
I need to figure out how did, how did the problem get here? How did this monster come out? Because I wouldn't say, hey, that's a shining example of character getting upset. I had to be accountable for the monster. The other thing is, how do, um, why do they stay? Why does the monster stay? Do I encourage the monster? Do I confront the monster? And more importantly, how do I get rid of the monster? Do I, you know, what I wrote here was, you have to reject them. You have to kick them out. And I'm so thankful that we're part of a church that, that recognizes that even though we can have salvation, that we can actually also be oppressed by the devil. That we can actually manifest and be like, wait a minute, this isn't healthy. I actually need some deliverance. You ever feel that where it's like, I feel really heavy. I'm a little agitated at the moment. Or, you know, I don't know, like, I feel fearful all of a sudden. Like, I'm just, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't feel faithful. I feel fearful. That's a demonic attack. That's a demonic attack. So with my particular situation, what I had to do is kind of go back and look. Okay, I don't want this. And I recognize that there's some hurt that's been in my heart. And I need to take accountability for it. Maybe I didn't bring it, but it's there. It's in my heart. And it may have come from trauma from the past. It may have come from something that I sinfully invited, but I need to take accountability. Because if I don't, you know what they turn, turn into? Like little rabbits. And rabbits left alone multiply. Anyone that has rabbits or rabbits in their neighborhood, they just multiply. And rabbits are cute, but when they multiply, they're a problem. <laughs> Monsters aren't cute, but. You know, so I was, I was thinking about um, my childhood. When I was a very young boy, my biological dad left my mom. They divorced. It was very traumatic. I think I was three months old. And then by the time I was seven, he was completely out of my life. My mom had remarried. But I didn't feel like my stepfather was my dad. So I felt like I grew up without a dad. I don't know if you know what that feels like. There was love in our home. I felt loved and provided for. But I didn't feel like encouraged as a son. I didn't feel like I could be a champion or have aspirations. You know, young boys, they're like want to jump off brick concrete walls at church, like my son Evan. <laughs> they want to go find snakes in the tall grass. <laughs> but I didn't feel like it could be a son. But when I would think about my dad, I would feel rejection come on. I'm like, oh man. So I just put it in the back of my mind. I don't know how to fix that. And then in my 20s, I remember all my friends kind of talking about their dad and hearing stories about their relationship. And then I would talk to myself and think, you know what? Well, there's plenty of guys that don't have dads. So I guess I'm just like them. I just grew up without a dad. That's normal. So I guess that's the case. At that time, I had a stepfather. But... 
what would happen when he would come home, he would drink a six-pack of beer. You couldn't be yourself. You had to walk on eggshells. There was a saying in our house that children should be seen and not heard. I'm sure that was put in place for, like, obedience, but it stayed and created a little bit of scarring. Like, oh, can't be myself. I can't, I can't give dad a hug. I can't say I love you. I can't come to you and say what I want, because if I do that, then you'll hear me. And so the shame started to establish over me. Fast forward, maybe about um, just even 10 years ago, no, excuse me, eight years ago, I'm in a service, and um, I'm hearing this message from John Bevere, and I go home, and I'm on a prayer walk, and I hear the Holy Spirit saying, what about your dad? I'm like, why would you say that to me, Holy Spirit? He says, you remember you had a dad? I'm like, yes, but I forgot about him. He goes, I know, but I need you to remember him. And I got really emotional. I'm by myself, and I'm crying. I'm like, well, how would I even find him? He goes, just look. And so I told Kat, if you want to hide anything, don't tell your spouse. So I told Kat, two weeks goes by. She goes, have you looked? I said, I haven't looked. She goes, well, what are you going to do? you going to be disobedient to the Holy Spirit? Like I thought about it. She goes, you need to look. I was like, okay, I'll look. I'll look. What do I, what do I, what do I remember about him? This has been 30 years. I'm like, well, I remember his name is Ray. I remember um, that he remarried, and his wife is Marsha. And he had a son, and they lived in Arizona. It was like four facts. And so I go looking. And you ever realize, you, you probably don't feel famous until you look up your name and find that there's like one million other Jesse Sullivans in the world? You're like, Wow. Wow, she's kind of like my name, pretty popular. If I'm looking at my dad's name, I'm like, there are so many of them. And I found these public records with those four facts. What are the chances, the four facts that I remember are the ones that are presented to me with a phone number? I'm like, okay, I got to call him. I got to call him. So I'll leave a voice message. And then I get a call before church. One Sunday, I'm like, I'm not answering this. This is going straight to voice. I don't know how it's going to go. Come on. I can't go into worship after that. Come on. Come on. But I listened to the voice message, and it's like, and it was a woman. She said, if this is who I think it is, you need to call your father at this number. I'm like, oh, man, that must be his wife. My father was a truck driver, so he, he drove around a lot. And uh, so I got the number. I'm like, okay. I got to do this. Come on. Bold and courageous. Come on. Holy Spirit, you're with me, right? I call him. I start talking to my dad on the other line. Get reconnected with him. I feel this peace coming over me, kind of reestablishing. I'm like, that's amazing. And I feel this thing prompting my heart. Do you forgive him? Yes. But I had forgot about that question because he'd been out of my life. He'd been so out of my life that he was a stranger. 
And remember, when strangers are around, you can love them. You can, you can respect them because you don't have to love them. But when they're close in your heart, that's where forgiveness is good because you have to love them. It was amazing. You know, just thinking about that, the reconnection of my biological father and how important that was in me being made whole. God has a plan to make you and I whole. According to his designs, his purposes, he wants to mold, almost like the, 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 the fracture cracks in the vessel of your heart. He wants to mold and make those whole. Well, during COVID, my stepfather, we discovered he was very sick. We thought it was maybe valley fever. He just couldn't get over these symptoms. He didn't have great health care. He wasn't working. Um, still crabby. Still crabby. And finally, he goes into the doctor. They do a full body scan. They said, sir, you are covered with cancer. And as soon as he heard it, it's like the cancer had power. And my mom says, you need to come see your stepfather. He's in the hospital. It's not going well. And so Kat and I made a drive. They're about four hours away. And um, he looked completely different, so sick in the hospital bed. And we prayed with him. We asked him if he wants to live. He goes, yes, I want to live. He knew Christ. But he was just full of heartbroken and physical brokenness. But that moment was so important for me as I look back because the two men that were assigned to care for me and model fatherhood had broken my heart. And God brought me back to them to forgive them and to pray for them. So I had to overcome the monster. Here's this monster, this memory, this thing in my heart that, man, I didn't, I didn't choose this. I did not choose this. I wanted the Mr. Rogers of fathers. <laughs> Let's go play baseball. You're amazing, son. Oh, my goodness, there's not a son like you. Come on. Where do you want to go to college? Come on, I'm buying it. Come on, let's go pick out your sports car for your, your 16th birthday. The desires of my heart. The desires of my heart. You know, once you overcome the monster, what I had to do, actually, it wasn't just forgiveness. It was forgiveness. But I actually had to deliver myself. Because it was a stronghold. There was actually kind of like a grip on my heart. So I actually had to renounce the agreement that I had over the hurt. Like, I'll prove them wrong. Oh, they haven't seen rejection. I'll show them rejection. I had to come and say, wait, I actually have some brokenness. Like... You know, like I have some like files of contracts against people that I need to kind of like break. And I need you to pray for me. You had to get a little bit vulnerable in moments like that. And you can't go to strangers. You can't go to strangers. You actually have to humble yourself. I realized I had to humble myself. 
What if they find out I'm a pastor? What if they find out that I've been, you know, married for 19 years and I have two kids? What are they going to think? Humble myself. Because who does the healing? It's the Holy Spirit that does the healing. It's God himself. So I had to come and I had to go to pastors and ministers and say, would you pray for me? I have some unforgiveness in my heart and I have some strongholds, some monsters I want to evict. Would you help me evict them? And I got evicted. From their grip. From their grip. Come on. This sounds like a sad story, but it's actually a great story. Kind of changing my tones and rate of speech just for theatrical. If anyone from Night of Christmas is nosy scene. One day. One day. <laughs> I want to talk to you about living free of your monster. This is actually a very important part because you can have kind of post-traumatic mechanisms rehearsing the past. You're like, I don't know what this, this freedom feels like, this joy that's filling my heart. I only remember abandonment. I'm not going to be joyful. But living free, you actually have to live differently. You have to act differently. And then when... Uh, maybe a feeling comes over you, you actually have to take control over it. I'm not going to act that way. Even just because it's emotion, I tell emotion what to do. I tell thoughts what thoughts I'm going to act upon and dwell upon. I'm the commander of the ship. <laughs> but you have to live free. This is what, you know, uh, going back to uh, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, it says it's love, it's joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So I need to kind of hold myself to that standard. Okay, well then what's this new freedom look like? Well, if it doesn't look like this, then I don't want anything part of it. If I'm gonna father on a whole nother level, well, I wanna father from this, this blueprint, from the Bible, not from my emotions, not from what the devil wants to give me. I know what his plans are. His plans are to steal from me. His plans are to kill and destroy. I don't want any part of that. This is what it says in Luke 11. It says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. That's encouraging. Come on, when we start to see different, there is a transformation that happens inside of us. Being set free of the demonic, being set free of the monsters, being set free of the trauma and the hurt other people have put on us. Can I get an amen? Amen, come on. Well, one thing that we have really discovered, Kat and I, is that there's nothing better than being discipled. Being at Awakened Church, it's almost like when we realize like how good we are, we realize how good we're being discipled. 
It's like, wow, you guys are amazing. Yeah, it's because we're discipled really good. It's because we let people in and they tell us, hey, there's some stuff in your life, not so good. You need to change it. Oh, that hurt to hear. Yeah, but I said it so you could, you could be transformed. Okay, good. Now I remember. Discipleship, it's so powerful. Next week, we actually kick off our DNA class. If you've not uh, attended our DNA course, you need to attend. Not only will it tell you about Awaken Church, but it's actually going to tell you how you can be discipled. Join a volunteer team. You know, get into a connect group. Be a part of what we're doing here so you can live out a fruitful and free future. Amen? Come on. Well, I think even also the deliverance, repentance, forgiveness, new declarations. You know, how, how are we kind of setting the, uh, the radio playlist for our future? Are we rehearsing the past? You ever do that? Where like you were in an argument and you feel like you lost the argument. You're like, I should have said this. Oh, that would have really burned them. That would have really took out the wind in their sails. Well, that's not really helpful, is it? That's living in the past. What about forgiveness? I forgive them. I know, I know they meant, even if they didn't mean good, I know that they're your children, Father. I forgive them. And I love them. God bless them. I've actually found if I can pray for my enemies like I pray for myself, the Bible talks about that. Pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. But if I could pray for my enemies like I pray for myself, that's the key. Not just say God bless them, but God increase them, promote them. Come on, give them checks in the mail. Lord, heal, heal their body. Improve their golf game. Come on, Lord. Come on. Come on. <laughs> hey, the last part is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is so powerful because the Bible says that when Jesus says, I must go, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna send somebody for you, it's actually to help us. So we can pray in tongues, we can prophesy, that we can step into a greater um, walk of the fruit of the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit. You know, it's one thing to believe, but with the Holy Spirit, it's like you're seeing, you're seeing life with color, with multi-dimensions, that you, you carry authority and power. And sometimes we can learn about it. And if you've been coming to Awaken Church, you know about the Holy Spirit. But if you haven't been baptized by the Holy Spirit, that's because you haven't stepped in, stepped forward to meet him. But being baptized by the Holy Spirit, if you haven't, you need to be. He's waiting to connect with you. He'll minister to you. He'll lead you. He'll help grow you. He'll help encourage you. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come on, come on. Living free of your monsters. You know, just two weeks ago, I'm uh, walking our dogs. I walk our dogs so I can stay lean and trim for cat. So, word of wisdom, if you're going to buy more than one dog, make them small. Shorter walks. If they're big... Longer walks. It's too late for me. I'm walking the dogs and I realize that, oh, Kat's about to take the kids to school. I'm going to miss them. I don't want to miss them. I want to give them a kiss and hug and, and tell them, have a great day. And uh, so I call Kat's phone. And I'm just down the street. But 
actually had a golf injury. Can you believe it? I didn't think golf was a physical sport. All my golfing friends are going to rebuke me after this. But I hurt myself, so I can't really run. I'm walking. But I call Kat's phone. Evan answers the phone. He goes, yeah, Dad. I said, have you left yet? He goes, no, we're about to. We're, we're getting in the car right now. You're getting in the car right now? Listen, listen, hold on, hold on. I'm like four minutes away. I'm walking fast. I'm walking fast. I'm four minutes away. I want to see you. And all I hear on the other end is, Mom, stop the car. Stop the car. Dad needs four minutes. It was the cutest voice ever. And all I hear is like this wrestling. He jumps out. I'm like, where are you? He goes, I'm running to you, Dad. You're running to me? He goes, yeah, I want to see you. In that moment, it was like God repairing the past. The trauma that I thought I set in my son years ago was not present. It is set him free. And the Holy Spirit said, you know that feeling you have as a father? When you say, when Evan says, hey, I'm running to you, Dad. When my children say, hey, I'm running to you, Holy Spirit. I'm running to you, God. I want to see you. I want to come worship you at church. I don't want this in my life. He said, I take great joy in my heart knowing that too. Would you just stand to your feet, please? I feel that today. That no matter how you came in, no matter what monsters you have, or what attacks you've endured, God has new plans for you. Why don't we say this together? Lord, let's do this together. I give you my heart. I give you my monsters. Set me free. I'm your child today. Transform me for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.